Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Casa Ursola. It's a well-established business technique. Buy a block of flats in a desirable area, fix them up, hike the tenants' rents and make a lot of money. But one community of residents in Barcelona is trying to change that narrative. Casa Ursola, an apartment building in the city's Eixample neighbourhood, has become a byword for the struggle between long-term renters and their landlords. On today's podcast, we're going to be hearing from one of the residents living in Casa Ursola, a lawyer representing the building's new owners, and lots more besides. Joining me this week on Filling the Sink are Christina Tomas-White and Jared Escatch folk Hi, folks. Hey, Larkin. Hi, hello. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So set the scene a little bit for us here. Casa Ursola is one of these lovely old buildings that we have here in Barcelona, Christina. Yeah, it's not too far from the newsroom. I think it took me like 15 minutes to walk back hmm. the other day when I was there. Um, it's on the corner of Calabria and Consell de Cent in Eixample. Eixample uh, is like, you know, if you see those images online yeah. of Barcelona with the grid it's formation, the grid, that's grid. a Eixample. Well, I it? say corner, but it's not actually a it's corner, not actually, is it? It's a cut off <laughs> corner, exactly. That's the chamfra. That cut off corner, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, these these chamfras. Yeah, they're not perfect squares, are they, the blocks? Um, and it's just a really... Beautiful, old, um, around 100-year-old building, pistachio-colored. A pretty little bit modernism uh, style, like Catalan modernism, yeah. or Art Nouveau architecture yeah. style, right? So the building's home to 27 apartments, 27 households. And I suppose that's kind of what we're talking about, isn't it? Those apartments. What We should explain, why are we making this podcast? What What's going on in this building? Well, in a nutshell, uh, a bit over a year ago, a company called Lioness Inversiones bought the building for over 5 million euros, and uh, they've been fixing it up. They haven't wanted to renew some of the contracts of the people who live in there, and essentially the people whose contracts are up, they want to stay there. Mm -hmm. And in fact, those residents that want to stay there consider Lioness Inversiones or Lioness Investments a vulture fund something that the company disagrees with because they say it's just a family business, a Catalan family business. Right, right. But then the residents say, well, what's the difference if they end up doing exactly the same thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of in the name, isn't it? Lioness Inversiones, in- Lioness Investments. Investments, which is like quite literally investing money for, for a profit, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. But obviously they've come up against here people who have been living uh, for decades in the in the same place and now you're facing uh, having to move out. Isn't that the, isn't that the mm-hmm. issue? Yeah, we have people that have been like living there for like 30, 40 years. And because some of them have indefinite contracts or, or rental contracts, meaning that they signed a contract between 1950s and 1985 and they get to live in the same house for their entire life until they die. Even like they get to pass on the apartment and the same, at the same price to second more generations, so like their children or grandchildren. Well, that's a, like an unbelievable contract for life, isn't it? You know, at the, at the same price. Uh, but there's also people who have... Exactly, um, short-term shorter, contracts. Yeah. Even some people have already, like, their contracts are up and others are, like, expecting their contracts to be up in 2024. So okay. there are several situations. Mm-hmm. Even there are, like, two apartments w- who have squatters right now, so... There's also a woman in her 80s who didn't have um, one of the old rental contracts, but who was allowed to stay. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and there's also uh, some flats that are already being renovated and they're they're being used for uh, short-term rentals, which is kind of the idea that the that the new owners have, isn't it? Right. Uh, I was talking to some of the residents and they were telling me that these the ones that they finished renovating are being rented for two thousand over two thousand euros a month. Which is a lot more than what they're paying. Yeah, especially if you've been there for 20, 30 years. I think even one, at least one woman we, we know of that uh, who gave birth to her children in the apartment block. It's mad. And, and another thing that's interesting about this building is that even though there are some people that are allowed to stay, um, they've all banded together and are supporting one another in their in their crusade. Okay, yeah, they've all banded together. So there, there have been protests then, haven't there, Gerard? Yeah, exactly. Well, the last one was recently beginnings of November in front of Casa Orsola, where like several residents come together and like with tenants unions, who, who is like an organization helping them like the fighting the, yeah, the syndicate de Yugateras. It's a very kind of powerful uh, group here in Barcelona, isn't right. it? That, that yeah. kind of supports exactly. uh, people mm-hmm. um, with housing needs and stuff. And even the mayor, Ada Coloy, has got involved in this case, hasn't she? Right. And um, as you guys might remember, Ada Colau was actually a prominent member of LAPA, which which is an anti-eviction platform. So she she does have a history as a housing rights activist. But specifically with this case, she's expressed support for the tenants. But by getting involved, she might have got herself into a little bit of trouble, no? Or, well, well potentially. Not, <laughs> potentially, yeah, not not yet. So the, the new owners are accusing her of uh, defamation, breach of official duty and coercion. And They're talking about sooner. Right, no, they, 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 they've... They haven't yet, but they could very, very well um, do so soon. And um, they've also received support from a business association called Foment that has accused the mayor of promoting illegal activity in reference to the squatters. Yeah, there's, so there's two apartments that have squatters. And I mean, I doubt that it's got anything to do with Cologne. But yeah. Right, no, and the residents say that they were able to come in because the, the front door was broken for months. And the, the, according to the residents, the owners didn't fix it. And it was all over the press that there were empty apartments in the building. So that's how they were able to get in. Okay. Time now to hear from some of the people involved. This week we've been speaking to uh, Maria Jose Tarancon, a lawyer for Lioness uh, Inversiones, Lioness Investments. Daniela Lima from the Esquerra de la Champla Housing Network. Enrique Aragonés from the Tenants Union, the Syndicate de Llogateras. And first, Vasilis, one of the people living in Casa Ursola. The objective for sure is to uh, kick us out, for sure. My name is uh, Vasilis. Originally I'm from uh, Greece and I've been living here for the last uh, 18 years. In this building, uh, around 16 years. So I feel it like, like home, actually. Vasilis is one of the tenants in Casa Ursola whose rental contract has not been renewed. He still pays rent, but to an account set by a judge who will decide whether Leones Inversiones has the right to evict him. They don't renovate any of the contracts, and the idea was in order to make it empty and then start um, some of them in temporary contracts. These empty flats give the company an opportunity to fix the building up. In the building, some people have fixed some contracts, Maria Jose Tarancón, a lawyer representing the building owner, says. This is what drove her client to buy the building and rent the flats at the market rate to pay for renovations. The company is not a charity, she adds ironically. 
while some of the tenants have an old rental contract, meaning they can live in the same apartment for life, paying the amount set when the contract was signed. Others had fixed-term contracts which have now expired, but both groups are united in their opposition to evictions by the new landlord. The thing is, is that Alberto Ye is scared because the neighbors are all, all organized, they're all united in one, and, and this is something that, that he doesn't like, obviously, because... This is Daniela Lima, a spokesperson for the Esquerra de la Champla Housing Network, a group fighting for residents' housing rights in the Champla neighborhood. The network, the residents of Casa Ursola and the Tenants' Union have come together to organize protests. Enrique Aragonés from the Tenants' Union. There's this situation of resistance uh, of the neighbors. They don't want to leave their building and they will resist. But they are still open and we are still open to negotiation. We want a negotiation in order to uh, have new rental contracts with the same prices uh, or at least prices that are um, affordable. But while tenants want to renegotiate with Leones Inversiones as a group, the owners only want to tackle renewals on a case-by-case -case basis. We are open to negotiating, the lawyer Maria Jose explains, but the tenants' union is also asking other tenants not affected for their support. But we are open to negotiating in cases involving vulnerable people. And this is actually one of the hottest issues in this conflict, as while unions and tenants claim there are vulnerable people entitled to pay a yoga social or social rent, the company says they have no evidence of this. There are a couple of families, families in a vulnerability situation and he should offer yoga social, he's not offering this. We sent all tenants a letter to prove their vulnerability, but no one did, the lawyer says. But as Basilis says, it's not just the most vulnerable that are affected. It can happen to anyone right now. Even though you have a job and you don't have any problem to pay your rent, uh, with this type of uh, businesses, right? investment funds that they want just to speculate, uh, it can happen to anyone, and this has to stop. Okay, well, thanks to everyone who spoke to us there. Vasily saying that this could happen to anyone, I suppose. You know, he, he's been living in that building 16 years and then all of a sudden new owners and his whole life is changing. Right, no, he was telling us that this is just an example of what he calls silent evictions because it's not a case of not paying your mortgage or not having enough money to pay your rent. It's about being priced out whenever there's a new owner. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And he was saying that there have been negotiations, but not in writing. Yeah, they've been a bit frustrated about this point because uh, the owners have come to them individually, not a, not collectively as, as an entire building. And what they want is to be able to negotiate, uh, find a solution for all of the residents and not for people individually. And they've also been offered, not in writing, 30 to 50 percent rent hikes if they wanted to stay, which is is quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. We're obviously focused on Casa Ursola today, on today's podcast, but it, it's kind of a, um, a microcosm of a bigger picture of what's happening here in Barcelona. It definitely. I mean, even j just yesterday, I went to a different building in Poblasec, um, the neighborhood, you know, right by Monjuic, and I was speaking to residents of uh, Carreta Piolas 15, and what's happening there is that their building is in the process of being bought 
by uh, another investment fund who will be renovating um, the apartments and selling them. And they're very concerned because many of these people have month-to-month contracts now that their original contracts are up. And and they're worried that they're just not going to be able to afford a rent hike or they they can't, they don't have enough money to buy. And the the uncertainty too, of course. yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it's all tied into the transformation that Barcelona has kind of undergone or has been for years, you know, with the growth, massive growth in tourism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even some of the, it's interesting, some of the measures that uh, like Barcelona City Council has tried to introduce to make people's lives better for pe- for residents, people who live in the city, are actually having the effect of maybe encouraging gentrification because, you know, for example, this Superblocks project, the Super mm-hmm. Elia project that they have, which you know, makes these lovely li- livable streets with no traffic. They but, extend but the sidewalks and pedestrianize them. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly one of the things that is happening in Neuchample now, because they are planning to renew several big streets in Neuchample. One of them, Kunsay da Sen, where Casa mm-hmm. Sola is, and they expect to finish uh, construction by early 2023, so next year. And that would make, like, neighbors' lives completely different. Traffic-free streets and stuff, exactly. but of course yeah. that makes it very attractive yeah, So a lot of the residents are, are concerned that they're, of Casa Ursola, they're concerned that they're going to have to deal with, like, the, the noise of the construction that's going on of outside. Course, right. And once it's over, they're going to be kicked out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely an, an element here. Um, not exactly applicable to the, the case that I was talking about in Pobla Sec, but it, it's more than likely encouraged um, real estate investment funds to to make these changes in the buildings that they do own. Well, how bad is the situation in terms of rent prices here uh, at the minute, Gerard? Well, considering that we said that a renovated flat in Casa Ursola can cost up to or even more than 2,000 euros a month, just so you have an idea, that's double the amount of the average rent price here in Barcelona, which right now stands at around 980 euros a month. And and that might not seem very much um, to like Americans, for example. You know, you can pay three thousand dollars a month just for an apartment in in LA. But you just also have to keep in mind that salaries are much much true, lower here. True, true. And in fact, the United Nations they say that affordability for monthly expenditure for rent should be thirty percent the total monthly income of someone. And just so you have an idea, here in Barcelona, it represents forty three percent. And the metropolitan area from Barcelona, it's almost 37% or a little bit more than 37%. Okay, so uh, unaffordable, according to the UN, basically. And there are actually more evictions in Barcelona than any other city in Spain, which isn't all that surprising when you when you consider how much of people's income goes towards paying their rent. Um these these evictions are mainly uh, unpaid rent evictions, not not so much mortgage ev- evictions, which is what we used to see after the 2008 financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, in any case, in Barcelona, there's an eviction once every 55 minutes. That's incredible, isn't it? And uh, obviously, I mean, I think we've talked about in another podcast that the C- Catalan government moved to uh, bring in a rent cap? Yeah, no, it actually was in place for for a while. But uh, last March, in March 2022, Spain's constitutional court struck it down. They uh, said that Catalonia had overstepped its authority. But because of this, uh, housing rights activists and left-leaning parties, though notably not the socialists, the ruling socialists, have tried to campaign for a Spain-wide rent cap law, which would allow, which would essentially be modeled um, off of the, the Catalan rent cap law. And something similar we've seen, it's not 
obviously a rent cap law, but like limiting rent prices. Uh, Spanish government announced a 2% cap increase when renewing new contracts. And it yeah, was in because place because every time you renew mm -hmm. a contract, um, the, the property owners can increase it according mm -hmm. to inflation. Mm -hmm. And because inflation was so high these last months, they limited to a 2%. And it was in place until this December, but they just extended it until next year, until December 2023. So Yeah, the tenants union who uh, we heard from earlier uh, criticised that as being a false uh, limit on increases because they say, well, it doesn't it doesn't actually happen. And, and when new contracts are brought in, the prices go way up anyway. And Gerard, in terms of like the type of landlords that we see in Barcelona, how does that break down? Well, depends on who you ask. Some people say it's only people, like they have one apartment and they rent it and they go to live in another apartment. But private landlords. Exactly. Uh, but recently, Barcelona City Council announced that four in ten floods in Barcelona are actually owned by people or entities with 10 or more properties. So we're talking about Gran Stanidos, as they call it here. And also, weren't these 10 or more in the Catalan capital? So they were saying that these people could actually have even more properties. Mm -hmm. Outside. Yeah, Outside. exactly. And one of the things that, just to compare it, uh, Barcelona only has 4% of rental apartments who are owned by public administrations compared to that, like, 96%. So, like, that's a huge difference as So well. there's not much public housing, basically? Exactly. That's much lower than the European average. Actually, one way to solve this issue was that authorities announced that 30% of newly constructed homes should be reserved for social housing, mm -hmm. something that Fumen, the business association, said that it's paralyzing the construction industry. Okay. Something interesting I find uh, here is whenever you're buying or selling uh, any property, that the government actually has... First dibs, we say, like, you know, they've got the <laughs> they've got the first option to buy properties. Yeah, and actually the lawyer for Linus Inversiones was saying that the council should have bought the building when they had the chance, and they didn't do that. Seems like, okay, yeah, they, they can't complain now because they had the option. But I suppose they can't buy every building that goes up on sale. And as for the future of Casa Ursola, what do we know? Well, we don't know much right now, but these cases will be going to court uh, in the coming months. Of course, these are individual court cases, not one big case one big for case, so all of Casa Rosola. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll keep you updated. Catlandnews.com, always for all the information. Time now for our Catland phrase. What's it this week, Gerard? Uzala Malfok. Uzama, uh, I didn't catch yeah. that. Put a, something a in the fire? Yeah, something fire related to my hand. Yeah. Ah, uh, put put the put your fire put put your hand in the fire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, which means I I'd know. swear on something. Or? So if right, okay, okay. So if you put your hand in the fire, it means you're exactly. okay. you're that confident of what you're mm -hmm. saying that you 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 put your hand in the fire if it's not true. Is yeah, exactly. Basically, it. mal fuck. Pusala mal fuck. You say it about a million times faster than me, but there we go. Oh, well, you're getting better. Thanks. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much to everyone who spoke to us this week. Uh, thanks to the two of you, Gerard and Christina, for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. And thanks, as always, to you for listening. We're back again next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. But until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.